Sharp Brian Society number 24. Uh, <clears throat> here are some special guests. Um, first of all, I've got a special kind of guest host, uh, George Law. <laughs> What's up? And uh, a very special guest. Someone's been mentioned on this podcast a bunch of times. Uh, real happy to have him finally on and talk about some things. Is uh, Jared Wiener. What's going on, guys? What's up, brother? What's up? What's up? Um, special guest sponsor today, Tortuga Soap Stop Company. It. <laughs> Stop it. What? Did I say that out loud? I thought I was just thinking that. You better be paying me for that. Tortuga Soap Company. Check them out. Check them out. Best, Best. soap in town. It'll make any, Whatever you do, it'll make it better by 15%. And beard oil. Beard oil. Did you get some of that beard oil? I really have. Yeah, you need some more, though. Yeah. You need some more. Yeah. Could you call it the podcast? Could I call it? Great Northeast BJJ podcast. Oh, is that what you wanted to hear about too? Yeah, that's a really cool podcast that you guys should check out. Um, I don't know what it's about. It's kind of nonsensical. But a bunch of misinformation on that podcast. Tons. There may be or may not be misinformation. Uh, we're not into the truth or facts on that podcast. All right. If that's what this one's all about, I could I may be in the wrong place. You must be because yeah. this is all about truth and facts. Um, if it's about Fisher cats. Most of what I said, do you know what a fisher cat is, Jared? Do you have those in Philly? It's a fishing cat. Fisher cat. Fisher cat. The hell's a fishing Dude, cat? Dude, they're awesome, man. They look like, they're like a, it's like a weasel with talons. And they, uh. Kind of like Casey. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Casey, dude. Exactly. Yeah. And they, Nailed sorry, it. Sorry, Casey. They, yeah, yeah, sorry. they sound like, uh, they make these sounds <laughs> in the woods that it sounds like screaming, dying babies. Like, it, they, they make you, you know. That is not the, the fact that I, I, that I took issue with, though. I understand this. We're getting, I'm building that part up. Mm. I believe I said that they would, they, what did I say? It you was the koi dog. No, thing, no. Right? You said that a fisher cat isn't exactly. A cat, well, and that's, that a that's cat, the truth. a cat, and a fisher cat, cat can't procreate. You also said that a coyote <laughs> and a canine could not procreate. I did say that, and that is it false. was only partial. I mean, it was that was false. I did, I do agree, but <laughs> the, there is no koi. The koi dogs die. They don't. They don't survive out there. They're like born, maybe. I know someone <laughs> that owned a koi dog. Well, you're from Maine. Things are different in Maine. <laughs> Things are different in Maine. The fisher cats, anyway, <laughs> um, are really cool creatures, and they live in. Jay told me they live in culverts. I'm not sure if that was even factual or not, but uh, um, so there you go. Great Northeast BJJ podcast. If you want to hear about um, maybe fisher cats art, if you want to hear Jay and the Riddler argue, that's where you go yeah, for that. Which podcast are we doing right now? <laughs> sharp Iron Society. Yeah, that's, that's Sharp Iron. Yeah, yeah, sh- yeah, yeah, Sharp Iron. So now that Tortuga soap. <laughs> Little League World Series. Little League World Series. Yeah, you sitting on a phone book? <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing up, uh-huh. man. I was rolling last night with with uh, that dude Scott. Uh-huh. He, you know, the, he's a basketball player, and so I stood up, and he went to his knees, and we were looking at each other <laughs> eye to eye. That is not even an exaggeration. Like he's got to be six ten, six yeah. eight. Yeah, he's, six, a lar- he's a large man. Yeah. Large, large man. <clears throat> Jared stands about 6'10", too, though. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Only in toughness. 6'10", no. in toughness. No, no. Um, so one thing I um, kind of get a little history with Jared is, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but started with Steve Maxwell in at his academy in uh, Philadelphia, Maxercise. Yeah, the original Maxercise. I started there in uh, 1995. Uh, Steve Maxwell was my first coach. 
and then uh, that's where I started. So well, I've, I've heard stories about like hoist training there, getting ready for yeah, the first. When I wasn't there that early, yeah. Um, but when I first started there, hoist was there. All the Gracie brothers were there. Um, it's the only place on the East Coast. No, nah, there was Henzo's too in New York oh, yeah. City, and then uh, but Max Size was definitely one of the one or two in that general area in the East Coast for sure. And we'd have guys coming from all over the East Coast and the country to come train with us on a regular basis. I remember any given weekend, there would be guys from all over the country there. It would be cool. So um, how long had Maxercise been open by the time you trained there? I, I'm thinking they were they started maybe 93 or 94, 93, I think, when the first UFC was. Yeah. So I, I think they were there for a few years already. And then uh, I, I rolled in there towards the end of 95. Um, so if people out there don't know who Steve Maxwell is, you should look him up. Definitely. He's a kind of a, a legend, but even just for his, uh, kind of eccentric lifestyle too, that he lives now, like he travels around the world, does jujitsu seminars and, and, uh, owns what, nothing. What right? would you, what would you call them? Owns. Physical fitness seminars? Yeah. Like just strength and conditioning seminars. Right. Like, but yeah. he lives out of like a 22 liter backpack. Yeah. Like that, from what I've seen, that's what it is. I, I, um, I saw Steve, the last time I saw Steve, it was a few years ago. He was back in Philadelphia, and we got on the mats together for the first time since I was a black belt, too, which was pretty cool because nice. yeah. uh, I started with him. I got my brown belt up through Steve, and then uh, that was the first time we were back on the mats together as black belts together. So for me, that was a special moment because, you know, I started with him as a teenager. Right. You know, so that was cool. But, yeah, he travels the world, does his thing, lives the lifestyle, you know. She can't beat that, you know. Was he always kind of like that, like when you were training with him? When I was training with him back in the day, his strength and conditioning was decades, like eras, like beyond, like, what's going on now. So Didn't he, he would, have, like, he, professional athletes oh, coming oh, to yeah, train Oh, yeah, all him? the time. Like, there was Philadelphia Eagles coming there yeah. and stuff like that. But he was so far ahead of the game is what I was looking to say, like, with his strength and conditioning, like he was doing kettlebells before anybody knew what kettlebells were. He was doing the sandbag workouts before anybody knew what the sandbags were. The, all the body weight stuff. He would have us flipping tires, pushing cars. Like he, like he was so ahead. Like he was always like a notch above everybody else in the strength and conditioning. And I remember he, he was in there in his fifties, late forties, fifties, and um, and he was still beating up the young guys in there just off his pure, like strength and conditioning and just athleticism and his wrestling background. Like it's, <laughs> it's something else back in the day. Right. Yeah. It was unreal. It's pretty hardcore train, like training yeah. there. No, it was, it was, that's where I kind of picked up my, my style from my original style was Steve's head down face first style, <laughs> you know, wrestling style. That's how he was, you know? Right. Um, I remember even like back, his ears were jacked back in the day, and he's one of the first dudes I, I met like in person with like really messed up ears. And I remember looking at him like, man, what's so? The, yeah, the more I got to know him, I saw okay, this is why his ears are jacked up. You know, right. he was to me that was like awesome mentor and, and role model for me as a kid back in the day because they brought me in like I was a punk skater kid on the streets back in the day, and they brought me in, gave me jobs around the academy and stuff like that, and uh, gave me a place to train, and that was it. You know, did I see something like? He took his stairs out in his house or something and had a rope and he made his kid climb up the is that am I imagining that? Was there a rope no, in the I, in I the think, house or and something? And he, you, you maybe he didn't take it, the stairs out. No, but. he took the chandelier out of his oh, yeah. uh, mud his I, foyer. First off, let's let's take a step back. How did you guys hear these stories? I don't know, man. I, People, I heard I heard him tell the story in a podcast. Okay. Maybe that's yeah, that, maybe that's yeah. Uh, that he took the rope he took the chandelier out of his foyer and put a climbing rope and he used to make Zach 
climb to the top of it to go upstairs. He wouldn't let him use the stairs. Yeah, you know. I, it, <laughs> I think I heard him yeah, say it. Yeah, yeah I seen it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there was definitely a climbing rope right. going on. Yeah. I, I remember seeing that and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it, was, it was always some type of strength and conditioning, right. something going on. Yeah. Like, always to better yourself. and better, Like, mate, like, it was... Hardcore. 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 So you grew up, man, your dad was a professional athlete. My dad was a professional athlete. My grandpa was a professional athlete. My mother was a gymnast. What did your dad, what did your grandfather play? He was a weightlifter. No kidding. Um, he was a weightlifter. He had qualified for the Olympic team when it was in Germany back in like the late 30s. Or maybe it was the early 40s, late 30s when it was in Germany, when it was in Nazi Germany. So as a Jewish athlete, he wasn't too, wow. too into going to that. So right. that kind of sucked because he did qualify. He made the Olympic team, but he didn't go to Germany yeah. back then. So he was a weightlifter. He even he pressed the world record at one point. I have all the magazine clippings nice. and everything. You know, it was pretty cool. Um, my dad played for the Phils. My mom was a, a, a gymnast. You know, so we had definitely had good... Uh, athletic genetics running through the family a little bit right there position your dad play first base nice yep what's uh what's it like growing up with a dad that's a professional athlete just like it like you know i i was i liked baseball but i was not super into it i kind of was always leaning uh, more towards like hockey and soccer um and which was cool like i did play baseball i played you know organized baseball and stuff but when he saw it wasn't really my thing he never pushed me too hard you a Flyers fan? Oh yeah, Pelly Lindbergh. Pelly Lindbergh. Yeah. I still check this out. I still have my old Flyers jersey with the thirty-one on the shoulder. The year Pelly died, crashed the car, yeah, right? It crashed the yeah, car. I remember that. And um, all the players got put the little thirty-one on the shoulder. I still have my jersey from that era and that time with the little thirty-one on the shoulder right there. I have it hanging in my house. Nice. But yeah, I was like, I lean more towards hockey and soccer. That was cool. He was a typical sports dad, you know what I mean? Got right. loud, got boisterous with the other fathers from the other teams and, right. you know, with the referees and, it, you know, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. How'd you get into skating? How did I get into skating? Just something. I remember I remember getting my first board when I was in elementary school or whatever, and it was a uh, Sims, uh, Kevin Staub. Nice. Or Sa Staub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Staub. Staub, yep. Yeah, with the mad scientist, the professors with the, with the what do you call it? What are those things? The, the electro things? No, no, no. The no. beakers? No, what are the uh, things you... Test tubes. No, test tubes, yeah, where you mix the chemicals yeah, and potions. Yeah, in. yeah. test tubes. I remember that was my first, like, real board. Not like the Nash or anything yeah. like that, you know what I'm saying? So I started cruising. I bought that for $20 when my mom, or whatever, uh, off one of my neighbors, and that was my board, man. That was it. That was my first board, and I fell in love with it. Like was, a street skater? Yeah, everything street, yeah. you know, skate parks, everything. Cool. Uh, so who got you into jujitsu? How'd you get into it? My boy Bean did. Um, I don't think you guys ever met Bean, but he's pretty legendary in the, in the Philadelphia jiu-jitsu scene, too. I used to skate with him at the skate parks back in the day, and he would always tell me, like, hey, I started this new martial art. I'm doing the self-defense, this Gracie jiu-jitsu stuff. I was like, yeah, whatever, 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 you know. And eventually, one day, I was it was just ran, it was random as hell. I was skating down Chestnut Street, um, going from Love Park to Sub Zero. That was the route we always took down Chestnut. And then uh, one day, I looked over and I was screwed. I saw Bean coming out of Maxercise, and I didn't know that's where Maxercise was. I'd skate by every single day. He called me over, like, yo. So I went over and said, he's like, this is the place I always tell you about. Let me introduce you to Steve. Maxwell he took me up, introduced me to Steve. I went back the next day to try my first class. That was it. That was it. Hooked. Hooked. What uh what what so what was the uh the, the story what's the story behind like the 
the incarnation of BJJ United. Like, were you a black belt when you opened BJJ yeah, United? I was a brown belt. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it it was it was a touchy thing back in the day because, you know, now that I look back on it, like, you know, I went and sat down with Steve in DC, his wife at the time, and I I told them, you know, I was planning on leaving. I didn't just leave secretly or any of that. I talked to him face to face. You know, and, and now that I'm a school owner, a business owner, and, and you know, I have a team, like, I probably didn't really realize how much that would hurt somebody back in the day, somebody who took so much time and effort and put so much effort and time into you. So, I, you know, years later, when it happened to me, when people leave, like, you guys, man, that shit hurts. Right. So, yeah. like, I, as a young kid leaving to open up my own business, I didn't realize, like, that, what that, but that's a whole other story for it itself. But, yeah, I, I left in, uh, left Maxwise in 2002. And um, I opened my school, uh, BJJ United, and my first location was on Bustleton Ave um, in the northeast part of Philadelphia. Um, real small little spot. You know, you've been to my school now. It, yeah. Like, the whole spot was the size of my front waiting area. Wow. Really? You know, but that, that, that spot bred character, man. Like, no heat in the winter, no AC in the summer. Um, there was rats running around out back the size of dogs. Um, <laughs> Don't let your kids loose back there, <laughs> you know. Um, it was it was hard. It was a hardcore environment, but, you know, it is what it is. Right. But, yeah, so I love Maxercise then. And that's why I say I, I, I'm always grateful for what Steve and DC did for me back in the day. They gave me my start. They gave me my start. And, like, I know it hurt back in the day when you leave, when anybody leaves, when you split times. But, like, I hope we could look back and they could be proud in some type of way that they gave me that start and see where I'm at now. And I still give them the credit and respect that they deserve, you know, for right. everything they did for the whole entire Philadelphia jujitsu scene. It now, all goes back to them. It right? really does. It really does. Like, so honestly, like all the guys who, who opened their schools, who, who spurred up, cause I wasn't the only one who left from there. There was others, but all the guys who left from there, you know, still to this day, pay respects for Steve and DC and those guys who started Maxercise because honestly, that's where it all started. That's where we got our start. Without them, we wouldn't be anywhere. Right, right, right. So nothing but respect and love for them. Right. Uh, what, who else came out of there? Um, so many guys, man. You name it. Like, yeah, Phil, Phil and Ricky, all right, Balance Studios. Um, you got my buddy Marco Parasso, who's got New Jersey martial art, NJMA over in Jersey. Yeah. And he, that school was originally owned by our friend Joe Prioli, who had passed away very young. And then Marco took that school over. Uh, so Joe came from there. Um, Brad Court, who's still on tag team on, yeah, on yeah. team. He's got Paramount BJJ. Tim Carpenter, who teaches in, you name it, Noah Spear, Platoon, Steve Bowers, who's an affiliate of mine at, at uh, Mainline United, Ray Huxon at Osagami. Like, pretty much all the old school, there are so many guys that came out of there. You could trace the lineage of everybody in that area basically back to Maxercise. You know, there's a lot of guys who, who've opened schools since, right. you know, that didn't come from there. But one way or another, you'll find some type of connection, right. you know, back to Maxercise. Right. So you can imagine those rooms back in the day. Like, like I said, any Saturday or any night, you have all these guys who are all black belts now, all white, blue, purple, brown, all training together. Training back hard, oh, trying yeah. to kill each other. Yeah, so all that was all in one room. It was, it was you know, John Hassett. Who's over in Jersey? Like you, Nate. Like, whew, so many good guys. It's insane. Right. Yeah. So you've been open for fourteen years. Fourteen going fifteen years now. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, two thousand seventeen will be fifteen. It's awesome, man. Like you got you guys have this culture. I would call it culture or whatever. That's awesome. That's like. Well, that's what I was gonna say when he said that that was a small room and it, and it bred character. Is one thing that I noticed is that care. It, no matter 
how much your academy has grown, that character is still in there. You know what I mean? It's right. not like that when you said that, I'm like, oh, it's the same as it is today. You know what I mean? I feel like when you go to BJJ United, you know everybody's going to be tough. Everybody's going to, but everybody's going to be really good to you. You yep. know what I mean? They're going to welcome, like, that's how I felt anyway. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know Pete at the time. And like, we went down and we only knew you. Right. Um, and the first person, like, I mean, everybody was like, hey, what's up? Pete came up and was like talking and, uh, it was super welcoming, super everybody was super nice, but also everybody was really, really tough. Yeah. I mean, that's like it when I first started the academy, I uh, maybe I was a little over the top on strictness and discipline and all that cuz I wanted to establish that respect thing cuz we came from when we came from exercise, it was Steve was strict and tough, but not all the other teachers were in there. So like sometimes it would be just lackadaisical, sit on the wall, chit chat it up, have social time. I wasn't into that. If you're coming to train at my school, you're coming for that hour, hour and a half class. I want you working the whole time. Then we get social socialized afterwards off the mats and have some fun, get to know each other. When we're on the mats, it's a respect thing. It's still a martial art. It's not some, it's not, well, it's not playtime. You know what I mean? So not all the schools that left are like that, you know, but for me, like, so I have told the story before when I first started BJJ United back in the day, some guys who tried to come with me for max exercise didn't understand what I was trying to do. And, and it actually, it, they started to pretty much dislike me and dislike my school and the discipline, the bowing in, the bowing off, you know, the, you know, no, no chit chat during the teacher stuff, no goofing around. So some guys started to resent that, you know, discipline dudes, discipline, you know, whatever. So, but then as the years went on, I, I eased up a bit, but at the same time, that culture was already instilled. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it took a long time to put that in, but it, it was rough at first. That, that wasn't the easy, because there was no other school in the Philadelphia area with that harder core style of like discipline and seriousness and train hard and don't mess around, no chit chat, stuff like that. So it took a long time. But now I, uh, from, from a business owner's perspective, like I see it more, um, you know, I, I'm... Let's see, uh, nicer, easier going, more welcoming. Like, you don't want to give a lesson to a dude on a first day to come in. Like, you don't want to beat a dude up. You know what I mean? Right. You want him to enjoy your school. You want him to enjoy the environment. You want him to enjoy it. Like, if the guy's an idiot, he's an idiot. And if he comes in the wrong way, like, whatever, it is what it is. But you, you don't want to, that old mentality of, oh, it's his first time in my school. Let's beat this dude down. Show him what we're all about. That day's passed. You know, I want people to stay. You know, not right. leave thinking, man, these guys are mean. They just beat the shit out of me. They're the toughest school. I want to stay. No, because 99% of the time you do that to somebody on the first day there, they're not coming they're back. Out. Exactly. So from these perspectives, I've seen we still have the respect and discipline culture. I don't even have to talk to guys anymore about staying disciplined and structured because the guys the, the guys will do it for me in the school. Right. You know what I mean? Pete will bring a dude, hey, this is how we do it here. Chris Harding, the mayor, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. always really good at that. He'll be like, hey, I saw you come on the mat like while well, class already started. He'll pull a dude to the side real night. He'll talk. So this is how it is, you know, almost like a chain of command. Yeah. Right, right. You know? Yeah, when that culture's already set too, it's a little easier for people to assimilate. Exactly, too, you know? exactly. So I could just step back and just right. and just teach class and enjoy myself and enjoy the training and just enjoy the environment. I'm proud of what we create in there. And I don't say I because it's not I, it's we as a group, as a team. Like everybody's really pitched in to create a great environment in there. And a lot of those guys have been with me for 15 years now. You know what I mean? Like, which is cool, man. That's unbelievable. Like unbelievable. So I'm like, 
have so much gratitude to, towards those guys who've stuck by my side through the thick and the thin, the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys, who are still there and still really respect what we're trying to do in there. Right. That's awesome. And it's evident, too, like when you go in there, like it's like George is saying, like all those guys are super tough. I mean, no matter you line up against a white belt or a black belt, you know that you're going to get very technical hard rolls no one's going to roll over for you no one's going to you know, yeah. you know but no one's going to be a jerk no right. one's going to be a jerk you know? neither cuz they know they'll get disciplined for it and not physically disciplined but like come on what are you doing you know what i mean you don't like if somebody's doing that to you you know and, and like i said it was that's a work in progress man it was it took 15 years like i said to get right. it to this point and it was a learning process for me do i do i go over the top overboard try to humiliate somebody or discipline them in public or do i you know, or learn to calm myself down, take time and talk to people and correct their mistakes. And, you know, it was all a, it was a, like I said, people hated me at first, this, you learn, you learn, you learn, and you just, you work your way into your, your business model and your structure and your culture and everything like that. They like say it wasn't, it's not an overnight thing. You know, you got to find that happy medium. Yeah. Because when you start, I mean, you didn't have any like business experience, no, I, right? When it, you started zero. this thing. I, and, 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 um, I was a brown belt, zero business experience, insecure as shit. Can I curse on here? Yeah, okay. No, go for <laughs> okay. it. it, it <laughs> That's it. Podcast okay. is over. No, no. Insecure as shit because there's other black belts in the yeah. area. You know what I mean? So I have to be that tough, small brown belt right. who's not going to back down from anybody, give everybody a brawl, give everybody this. Instead of just being welcoming, hey, bro, nice to meet you. Now you're welcome to my academy, this and that. It was hard from the door. And like I said, I'll be the first to have some self-awareness. Like it was insecurity. You know, it was... I'm smaller than everybody. Uh, I'm not a black belt yet. You know, and you know what? You just, as you grow and get older and you mature, you learn to work through these things, you know, and this is what builds good things. And you have the guys who will never have that self-realization, who will never get through those issues. You know what I mean? I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm not afraid to admit it. That's just how it was back in the day. Oh, you're growing up, man. Exactly. You were growing up. Yeah, that's how it is. I was, 20, what, 24 years old, 20, right. 23 years old. I was a kid, man. I was... Right. I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life, you know. They just try to open this jujitsu thing and see if it works out for me. I didn't know 15 years later it would be. It's blown up, right? I mean, yeah. you've been in jujitsu in America from the littlest to not what it is now, which is pretty big. Yeah. Well, that's funny today. He was like, when you're talking about, uh, I think it was the, I think it was the uh, that Americana one of the Americana breaks or whatever and you're like I learned this technique in 1997 I was like that was 10 years before I started jujitsu. 10 years before I started yeah. jujitsu. you know what I mean so you've been around you've seen a lot of things and, and that and a lot of changes right. a lot of changes in the game a lot of people's changes a lot of a lot of positional changes a lot of just just attitudes and a lot of just just ways people carry it and carry themselves and the 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 birth of social media you know what i'm saying that wasn't all there when we started it wasn't there 10 years ago right. like the birth of really marketing yourself on social media on instagram on facebook on all that stuff like man that's a whole new like people can make themselves look really good to the outside world and never have to do shit in their real life right. you know but those people eventually get checked you right. know what i'm saying but it, it's so much has changed so much has changed since i first started how do you balance like at your academy or do you or does it just happen on its own like with like competitors and and regular you know guys with jobs and you know like do you to be honest like 
we don't it's just the same everybody comes and trains everybody does their thing the guys who don't compete help the guys who compete the yeah. guys who don't compete help the guys who don't compete everybody's in there just helping each other training hard doing their thing and i do not force anybody to compete i used to back in the day or at least i try but you learn quickly you're not going to force another grown adult to do anything right you know what i mean you can't tell any other human grown adult what to do you know what I mean? If I tell you to do something, you tell me to go F myself. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care if you're my coach or not. I'm a grown man. You're not going to tell me what to do. Um, so I learned that quickly. Like, you're not going to force anybody to do anything. You can't force anybody to do anything. If you want to compete, you try it. You come out. You work on it. And I'm going to help guide you that right way. But if you're willing to compete and you want to compete, you're going to do it the right way. And you're going to train properly for it. You know, so, but I don't force anybody to do anything. They do what they want. If you want to compete, let's go. If not, who cares? Come support the guys. Yeah. That, no big deal. That was that. I mean, <clears throat> and if anybody out there wants to, um, so you contribute to uh, All Day BJJ, mm. that blog a lot. Yeah. And every one of those blog posts that you put up has some, like, some quality, you know, really good, no bullshit advice. And that was one of the, the first ones you wrote was about how if you're not going to compete, you know, you should be in, like, it's a team effort. Yeah. It's a team effort in there. You know what I mean? And yeah. that, that thing, it's evident when you walk into your academy. Yeah. Too. That was like we were talking about on that one. Was it? We're talking about part-time teammates, or like right. the guys who are only in it for themselves. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Those, man. I I don't care if you win a million gold medals and you're a top-notch competitor and dude. If if you only show up for yourself and you don't show up for your teammates, I'm gonna tell you to get lost because that's cancerous. That's a cancerous person. You don't need that in your school, and that's what formed clicks. Because the that's rest what, of yeah. them are helping you. Everybody, I mean, you yeah. didn't just become Every, who you are without help. Yeah, everybody needs to help everybody. That's the bottom line. And and luckily, I feel like we don't we don't have that situation at home at least anymore. So that's a uh, that's a good thing. You know, what do you think about like when you talked about social media and YouTube and stuff like that? So I feel like you when you started. How did you, you you got techniques from Steve Maxwell or whoever it was? Yep. There was no YouTube. There was no we had VHS. VHS, yeah. you know, like we did. I still have a stack of all my old VHS tapes. Mine starts with the Mario Sperry ones. Yeah. Like oh, there's like um, tons of VHS. My my boy, uh, as I say, uh, Scotty from On the Map back in the day yeah. would put out all the VHS tournament tapes. The hard to get ones from Brazil and everything like that. And then um, it would be VHS or, or, you know, train, you know. And I remember you'd order from like a, like a black belt mag or any magazine or something like that. Oh, man, the Mario Sperry instruction would take weeks to get there and you find right. it, you know. But, uh, yeah, so it was just train or, or whatever, you know. We didn't have the YouTube. We didn't have all the social media, all that stuff, you know. But is what it is. Does mat it, time's mat time. So, but like, so does, you know, the fact that like a person coming in now has all this access to like mind blowing, um, everything available out there. Does that like in some ways mess people up a little? Like it kind of, like they maybe miss something that you guys were, because I've heard people talking that were old school and they're like drilling and drilling and drilling the same stuff over and the fundamentals and getting really good. Do you think that some, you know, you could miss out on some of the stuff good old stuff by hitting all this other new crazy stuff that's there or i'm a firm believer in in basics you know like if because we look at it from a street fighting perspective as well that's why i started jujitsu back in the day because i wanted to know how to defend myself i wanted to know how to fight i wanted to know what to do if a fight happened um because i may or may not have been in a few and others as a kid <laughs> and a teenager um but you uh, lived in philly man <laughs> you were fighting <laughs> but uh 
but I wanted to understand how to fight better. And then you see Hoist Gracie, this skinny little dude, hammer all these guys in the UFC without using too much violence back in the day. I was like, man, this is this is the real deal. So, but if you look at Hoist's old fights, he didn't do anything fancy. It was all takedown, guard pass, mount, choke, get get the back, smack the guy around a little bit. Even when he fought Dan Severn, like his guard was awesome. He wasn't getting too much damage. And he eventually caught him in the triangle. You know, that was beautiful jujitsu. And um, that's why I started. And learning those basics, the ones that could help you survive in any type of street situation or, or you know, just your first six months of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, elbow skate, bump and roll, X-choke, basic arm lock, mount retention, you know, guard retention, stuff like that. Learn how to use your hips properly, standing up in base. That's the important stuff you need to learn. But if people are going to learn other stuff on YouTube, and all that, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that at all. But maybe just by learning this stuff on the YouTube and stuff like that, they're missing some fine details that they could begin. But hey, if my student comes to me, hey, coach, I saw this on YouTube. Check it out. Can you help me with it? Awesome. Let's work it. Maybe I learned something too. Yeah, right. You know, I'm pretty open-minded when it comes to that stuff. And I'm not going to bust anybody's balls too much if they're wanting to learn more while they're at home. But don't choose to learn more at home and neglect your mat time. Yeah, right. You get what I'm saying? Then come in, try your fancy new heel hook variation, barambolo. Without drilling it. Yeah, yeah. Without, you know what I mean? Like, come in, learn it. If you have questions, ask questions, and I'll try my best to help you figure it out. But other than that, like, keep your mat. Mat time is the most important time. You know, keep your mat time, learn your basics, then we go on from there. But I'm not going to bust anybody's balls for wanting to learn something, you know, something cool. Yeah. Learning is learning. Right. Um, so the way I found out about Jared back in the day was uh, Kenny Florian. Mm. And uh, that, so how did that whole relationship happen? And, and, and where has that, like, do you still keep in touch with Kenny? I do. I yeah. do. Um, I talk to Kenny, I uh, text Kenny, and he is, his response with me is pretty quick, gets right back to me. So right. I, I still consider Kenny a good friend of mine. Um, but we um, we did like a seminar tour together back in the day. And um, we did, I remember we did awesome spots on the East Coast. So we were up at Boston Brazilian. Then we came to my school back in the day. And, and me and Kenny always just hit it off well. Um, I can't even tell you like how it started or where it started. We just kind of, we became friends back in the day. Because the scene, like there wasn't too many black belts yet on the East Coast right. and stuff like that. Me, Kenny, uh, there was Keith too. Yeah. Um, and, and there was the guys, but me and Kenny like, we had some mutual friends, like my buddy Steve Kim moved up to Boston. You remember Skimmer, yeah, yeah, Steve yeah, Kim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he moved up to Boston, and then we all had some mutual friends, and they started a, a clothing company back in the day called Next Level Fight Gear. I have I, ha- I have a Next Level <laughs> Fight Gear patch. So. Shout out to yeah. Next Level. That's old school right yeah. there. And then um, there was a few of us that were sponsored by that company, and then... Um, I don't know. And that was that. Like, and me and Kenny have been boys ever since. I could stay at his house back in the day. Um, I was with Kenny when Ultimate Fighter, the, the number one season premiere, Ultimate right. Fighter 1 came out. I was with him on the night it premiered and debuted and we all watched at the house and we all got together and stuff like that. So that was pretty nice. cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's good like history I'll always take with me right there. And I remember that night in the car like uh, when we were driving Kenny, all the guys from the show were calling each other like, yo, what's coming on and it's coming on tonight. And I was like, kind of just like, even though I was my boy, I was like sitting back. I'm like, yo, this is pretty cool. You know, right. who knew where that was going to go? Right. You know, so I'm stoked for Kenny. He's, he's done really good for himself. 
uh, world-class athlete, top-notch yeah. fighter, and now look, he's like broadcasting man, and he's right, like, right. you know, he's all over the, uh, the what is it, Fox Sports 1 and all the news yeah. stations and yeah. everything like that. Like, he's killing it. So yeah. I'm stoked for Ken. Um, so what I was thinking about and he's a show he's a show your role athlete as well. Old school surrounded by show your role athletes. Old school show your role athlete. Did you guys compete against each other? I never fought with Ken. No, I did fight with Keith. Yeah, <laughs> with Keith. Yeah, and brown belt. Um, Keith yeah. beat me. So I, I met <laughs> I met Pete and and so uh, so all this like it's kind of like a heavy topic probably mm -hmm. but like it's kind of how I got to know you and Pete and all and some other guys all indirectly was one of your students, John Flight. Right, right. Right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, through him, um, we met Pete and this guy, Monte, and, like, all these things. And, like, somehow it was crazy random thing. Like, and so I'm, like, it's pretty powerful stuff, man. I'm sorry to, like, uh, but it's had an impact on me, and I didn't even know him, you know? And right. it's had a, a really good impact on my life. Um to meet Pete and you and, and this guy, Monte. Um, so I just want, you know. Like, I've never met Monte. Yeah. So I, I never met him in person or anything yeah. like that. But uh, I know uh, Pete, Pete, Pete's, uh, John Flight and Pete were best friends growing up. Yeah. So they had a very close relationship. My relationship with John Flight started when he came into jiu-jitsu. I, I mean, I, I John threw skating a little bit back in the day, maybe some punk rock or hardcore shows with Pete back in the day. But my real strong relationship with John started when he came to jiu-jitsu. And then uh, we became good friends, you know, a lot of the same interests and stuff outside of jiu-jitsu. And then, um, you know, he just, you know, got sick and and... You know, it was, it was a pretty rapid progression. Yeah. And, it, you know, it was it was tough for everybody, you know. Um, yeah, it's, it sucks, man. But a lot of guys stepped up, helped John out, helped John's family out. I'm still close with John's family, uh, Amy, Gabe, and Rosie. And then, um, you know, it's still a work in progress for them, too, as a family to learn how to move on and deal with loss like that and stuff like that. But everybody's still there to help support them and, and it, whatever they need and stuff. Um but yeah, the, a lot of guys did a lot for John and the family, stuff like that. And I know Amy and them are always be grateful for that, for sure. But I think one of the other things to, to mention about this, too, is like, um, and it's, it's something that Jared and I have in common, but like, so um, <clears throat> all that went down and all that, and, and uh, you know, Jared's community stepped up and helped John out, whatever. But then one of our students yeah, also got cancer. Right. And, you know, Fancy Dan. Fancy yeah. Dan. Yeah, okay. no fancy time Dan <laughs> over here. But he got cancer, and, and I think the awesome thing was, you know, and, and, our, and Jared and I's relationship and friendship has already kind of started, but then your community also stepped up to help Huge. our community. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Pete, Pete came Pete up, came up Pete. for that. Yeah. And stuff like that. But yeah. I think that another connection that Jared and I have is Show Your Roll stepped up yep. huge for that, too. Like, like they Dude. auctioned off Holy crap. Uh, like two really rare geese and – donated all the money to Dan, but then another show your role athlete yeah, James bought, Foster, man. bought those geese that for dude. an exorbitant amount of yeah. money and then donated them yeah. back for them to be auctioned off again. Yeah, that and, blew and, my hey, mind. And happy birthday to James Foster today. No by way. The way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never personally met him, but like yeah. I talked to him through Facebook when that happened and that dude, like... Listen, he is a, as genuine as you get. He is a good, good dude. Yeah. I always was friends with him on social media for years. And the first time we met was at Pan, like in person, face to face hangout was at Pan last year. 
and um, we met in the acai line. Hmm. All right, and then uh, we just started. We just started talking, and, and and we shared some acai together. Not from the same bowl, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> we like. We, yeah, no, your... no, no. He's too big for that. Like, huge, yeah, he, right? Yeah, he's. I can't. He's no. He's, he's huge, <laughs> but um. So yeah, we hung out. We shot the shit for a while. Just talked, got to know each other, and, and that's a straight up dude right there. Like, and and yeah, I, I can't say enough about him. He, he's he's a cool guy, and he's always stepping up in the always, community man. to help yeah. people. Huge, huge. huge. And then um, that's what's really cool about the jujitsu community, and I feel like the circles we keep as well. Yeah, yeah, everybody's sure. always trying to help people out. In people their, they don't even yeah, know. People they, they don't, don't even know. know. Right, right. You know, so you know. It's a good thing. The, the jujitsu community is strong for stuff like that, for helping people when they're when they're down, you know, and help bring them back up, and you know, help families out and help support people. It's a good thing, man. It really is. It really is. Well, that's like and more like to get to the point of why, like, like so indirectly, I kind of owe Jared for a lot because if it wasn't for you know Jared and Kenny, I never would have started wearing shoryogis. Like they were the reasons I wear started wearing shoryogis, and then. Just because they were wearing them, I started to. They're they're great products and everything, so I stuck with them. Years later, random occurrence, I get asked to be on the team, which is insane. Like, I never – but then, you know, so that all, like, went down. I'm on the showreel team. But then I feel like because of, you know, reaching out to Jared and having stuff in common and and being on the showreel team and all that stuff – Jared has asked me to come down and teach some techniques and he got me involved a little bit with the mission 22, which is a huge thing, you know, helping, you know, veterans deal and, and, and kind of stifle that the veteran suicide epidemic, which is, you know, insane. And through that, I met so many great guys, you know, Pete Wilhelm, you know, Bryant, you know, uh, Hanato, you know, uh, uh, Dan, um, you know, VJ, all those guys, guys. you know what I mean? So like, the, the relationship between Jared and I has led to a lot of really awesome opportunities for me too, you know? So, it, and same thing, those circles you're running, you know? Yeah, and vice versa too. Like, you know what I mean? Through you, I've met a lot of the guys and the crew up here. It, it's, you know, that's what's cool about Sorry, the, sorry you had to go through that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got some, some wild beasts up here, you know? But, uh... <laughs> No, but all jokes aside, like everybody, it's it's vice versa, man. It's it's not one sided. Like that's what's cool. Like every we have good things in common, and the circles just grow and grow and right, grow, right. and then you make new friends everywhere. That's what's awesome about this, you know. And, and like I said, and we're and we're not a bunch of kids neither. All the guys you just referred to are like me and you always talk about adults with priorities, family men. You know, they're not kids, sensitive little kids and stuff like that who are out just doing acts to try to get their face on on the news and the big screen these are all 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 family men and and people with priorities and stuff like that who are adults who who are really trying to help people for the right reasons right you know so and and that brings that that crew together stronger and stronger and stronger like yeah that's you know it's pretty awesome yeah really awesome yeah it's really awesome it's like you know i i feel like like You know, this is an open-ended podcast, so we can talk about other things. We can talk about jujitsu, but I feel like that, like that community and that thing, is something that's rare outside of jujitsu. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. All of my friends that I have close connections with, they all do jujitsu. I don't have any friends that don't do jujitsu for that one reason. You know, there. I think a lot of people talk about social media and things like that. We've talked about this on the podcast before. It's like no one takes a picture on their worst day and posts it on Instagram. It's always your best day. You know what I mean? And I know that, like, and and hopefully all those guys know, like if they're having a problem or whatever, you know, I'm one call away or one message away and I'll step up to help. You know, I talked about Alan and his dad getting yep. cancer, you know, like, I don't know that guy. I sent a message, but like, oh, Hey man, yeah. if, Shabar, you, if, you, Alan Shabaro, you know, right? if you need anything, man, I know you don't know me. I know you don't like, and you got 
tons of people at your disposal, but I'll help you out any way you yeah. can, you know? There's another guy who, who's Alan, who, in my opinion, is an American hero yeah. right there as well. And he, he, would, he probably would feel weird with me even saying that in his presence because he's such a humble like warrior, you know? Um, but to me, he's an American hero and he's a friend of mine, you know, and, and to be honest, we've, we've met a handful of times, hung out in person, just a handful of times through jujitsu and, you know, through some seminars and stuff like that. But I would, I would, I would lay it down for that guy. And right. I know he would do the same to me, for me. And we got that good bonding. And just like me and you talk right. about, we, we kind of run in the same circles, you know? So, you know, another example, like he's, it's, you know, family in need. We're going to step up and help a friend. Right. We always help a friend in need. We always pick our people up. Right. You know, that's we never step on anybody when we're down, no matter who they are. We pick them up, we help them, and that's you have a friend for life. And that's right. just how it is. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's if we have a brother that needs, sister that needs, we're going to help them out. Right. You know? And you did. You put on that seminar for him at your academy, like, what was it, two days notice or something two like that? Two days notice. Gonna... We got like 80, let's say 70 some, 80 some people there. It was nuts. That's nuts. Yeah, it was awesome. But that's what I'm talking about. That's how awesome the community is. And JT came and donated his time. VJ again came and donated yeah. his time. Nikki Calvinista donated his time. And everybody came in and did their thing. And, and, you know, just different teams didn't matter. Flags didn't matter. None of that stuff. Come in, train jiu-jitsu, like help people out and learn something. You know? Is that What's jiu-jitsu about now for you? Like, I mean, I'm sure it's changed since when you started, right? Like, yeah. is that what it's about? Like helping, helping people out? Or? For me, jiu-jitsu is still like, it's my lifesaver. You know, I, it's still keeping me sane, believe it or not. It's, it's my, it's my direction of focus. Um, besides my daughter and stuff, obviously, you know, that's my two favorite things in the world. Uh, my daughter being number one, then jiu-jitsu. And then there's my dog, Indiana and then flash <laughs> rest in peace. But, um, like, you know, it's, it's, it's my sanity still. It's what keeps me focused, keeps me grounded and stuff. And, you know, everything else is going on in the world. You can come in, you can train jujitsu, put everything to the back of your mind for that hour, hour and a half, two hours and do your thing. But to me at this point, it's, it's, it's health, you know, it, it's staying healthy. It's, it's keeping my body young, you know, training, learning new things. It's still, it's that giant puzzle you're still trying to put together. I still love competition. I, I still thrive to compete. I love it, but that's not my main priority anymore. You know, that's going to happen a few times a year regardless, just because you get that itch, you know. But for me now, it's just about maintaining, staying healthy, and passing that torch on to my students, bringing them up so they can run with this thing too, you know. That, yeah. that's I want to see everybody get black belt, be a good black belt, and have the leadership qualities and the skills and the tools to pass it on to other people. You know, that's what it's all about at this point. What makes a black belt like in your mind? Like it like it's so much more than skill at this point. It's gotta be characters, you know, loyalty is still a big thing. Character, loyalty, you know. It's you know, how you carry it. You know what I mean? It's it's on the mats and off the mats, you know. You wanna be a dirtbag, you know, then whatever. Like people are gonna do what they're gonna do, but if you're going to be in my school and you're going to and not carry yourself well, then I, you know, you're most likely not going to ever reach that level. You might be the best dude ever, but I'll be honest with you too. I've told you like in the past, I've told one or two guys who were up to Brown belt, you know what? You're not going to get black belt from me. And I've told them to get lost in a nice way. Like, you know, I think it's better. You probably just move on somewhere else with no, you know, it might've come as a surprise to them, but you know, it is what it is. Like if I don't feel comfortable, to give a black belt, it's not going to happen. And I, 
I'm not going to say I made mistakes in the past, maybe given a black belt or two, but I feel like there's one or two instances, maybe three instances where I, I, I acted on in like, was it just, uh, say what's the word I'm looking intuition? for? Intuition? Not intuition, but which impulse? Impulse. Yeah. I acted on impulse. I know about impulse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and not and, and and not saying these guys didn't have the the skill because because right. I've never wrapped a belt around somebody who didn't have the skill. All right, I don't care who they are, but I, I've acted on impulse maybe a few times in my career, and, and you know I I always tell myself not to live with regret. But like, and like I said, I don't regret, but you know, I'm not going to make that same mistake again in the future. You know what I'm saying? And it not, and I'm not bagging on anybody. I'm not ragging anybody, but I want to make sure it's right going forward. Right. Does that make sense? To yeah, you? man. Yeah. Like when I was, so I don't know. When Impu I was, impulse is a bitch. Right. You know, I know. And, trust yeah, me. Yeah. And you know, we all have it. We yeah. all have our own impulses and. And unfortunately, like once or twice or two or three times, it, it might have got the best of me on like an exciting moment. You sure. know what I'm saying? So yeah. whatever. Live and learn. Right. That's it, man. That's what we talked about earlier. Live and learn. That's a struggle for me just to not like, I know that I got to like think about things before I say stuff, but I still can't do it. Yeah, me too. Words come out of my mouth. Before I even know, I've said them. Yeah. That, that but, never happens. No, but you know what? <laughs> right? That, that's, what, that's what makes us us, though. Yeah. You know, I'm the same way. And, and in the past before, I've bitched people out. I've t I'll tell you how it is. You know what I mean? And then after the fact, I'm like, man, did I just say that to this right. guy? Like, I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. You know? And, you know, we correct ourselves and move on. It is what it is. Yep. This is. This is life. But yeah. another thing, like, so when I was a white belt, we went to San Diego, and I had been training jujitsu for a little while, and, like, I saw the book uh, Encyclopedia Jiu-Jitsu or whatever, and I was like, I want to train with this guy, Salo Hibero or whatever. And I don't know if he said it to me or I saw him in a video, but he was talking about, like, Hickson and the samurai, and he was like, samurai are here to serve, and that's what they're here to do. And that has always stuck with me. Like, we're kind of here to be like samurai in the sense, like, to serve. Like, and if I can serve other – and I'm not saying I do this by any stretch, but I would like to be able to do this maybe is, like – you know, be of service to other, like your students or, yeah, are, you know what I mean? Or like, and you are like, you are just by being a, like a good face in the Academy and a good face of the school and, and supplying that amazing Tortuga soap company.com. <laughs> boom. And, boom. And, um, <laughs> free bar of soap to Jared. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> and, um, but you are, you know That's what I mean? I love you. Man. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and, but you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you, man. Uh, it's so, it, you know, so I think, and I this mean, is something I thought about re more. Look, like growing up, none of us are angels. None of us right. have, 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 but it's like, it is what it is. We get past it. We do our thing. We move on and, and we, we live our life peacefully. Try to get better. Try exactly. to be better. Exactly. We learn in from jiu and in life, right? This is, yeah, this is everything. This is everything. Yeah. That's what it, that's what it seems like jujitsu to me now. I've been thinking about it more is like, as I've been doing it for a while, and it's more about like to me right now what you were saying is like I go in I get to hang out with a bunch of awesome people like we bust each other's balls we have fun we try to strangle each other and like it takes me away from all the other like I don't think about any crap like whatever it is it's all gone like there's no political stuff there's no nothing like yeah like the last 2 years for me man like 2 3 years even since like 2014 when I went through some head injury shit um, it gave me a lot of time to think about life and a lot of things changed for me, you know, and, um, during that process and that healing process and all that stuff, like, honestly, like my tune changed a lot on a lot of things. And, um, you know, 
when you feel messed up for a long time and then you finally come back to like feeling decent again, you never want to feel messed up again. And during that depressing time, just, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of thought process changes, you know? And, um, yeah, I, I'm a little more carefree on a lot of things now. You know, my, my demeanor is still the same. Um, my, my, like you said, the, the structure culture is still the same, but just like my overall outlook on a lot of things that stressed me out before. Don't sweat it. Nah, life's too short for that. Yeah. I let it go. I let it go. And who said, and here's some, here's some we can discuss, like kind of along those topics. Remember last time you were like, and even at the Boston Open, you came up to me, man, it looks like you're ready to kill somebody. When I was warming up, yeah, yeah. you were helping me warm yeah. up and stuff a little bit. And I haven't really told this to anybody, so I'll, I'll put it on the podcast now. Like that, like those, la the last two years or the last year of tournament since I've been back competing again, I've been fighting on pure rage, pure rage, not happiness at all. Um, I've been fighting on just like you see me warming up, you see me like getting, you're like, like pacing, like pacing because I'm caged beast. No, because my thought process is pure rage. I'm fighting on anger. I'm fighting on depression. I'm fighting on emotion. I'm fighting on. I'm I'm fighting on. I'm thankful. I'm back from where I was. I can't believe it. I'm fighting on the rage of my divorce. I'm fighting on the rage of some personal issues. I'm fighting on the rage of everything, and just like all that's building up. And in that moment, I was like, man, nobody's gonna beat me. You know what I mean? I'm pissed. I'm fighting angry. I'm not fighting with a clear head. And um, I don't know how I got through that in those first few tournaments because like I was so angry. I was actually like, you know how I go by myself to warm up? And like I said, like, I don't care what anybody thinks or says. I'd actually be crying when I was warming up. Like, it happened every single tournament. Every tournament. Um, all the New York Open since I've been back, both Boston Open since I've been back, Chicago, all those. I'd be warming up by myself, and I'd be like, I'd be crying because I was so emotional. You know, I'd have my hoodie all low. No one would really see what was going on. And then um, finally, just recently, like... I, I like warming up again and then uh no like it wasn't there anymore nice you know what i'm saying so i kind of didn't know how to like yeah do i was like what do i do <laughs> like what do i do with that new emotion um and i really noticed that on that last respect card uh it was respect three in st louis i was trying to warm up and get like my way going on and it just wasn't there and i was like I didn't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing. Right. And then I turned to my boy, Steve Roberto, who's with me from Guam. I'm like, yep. Bert, like, I feel happy. <laughs> like, this is good. I'm having fun here. You know what I mean? So it took a long time to get through that. Uh, and, and then, you know, that match still turned out good, you know. But it, it was a long process to get through that. Like, that rage, that anger, that depression, that, that pure evil rage inside of me. And then, like, it took two, three years of just constant competing and all that to finally get through that now i feel like we're getting through it a little bit now but it's nice. you know and this is what jujitsu is good for yeah right there you go right there to help me get through that you know and not act out those emotions in the streets or on some guy who hunks his horn at me too too quickly behind me because that's philly that happens all the time you know right. you look at somebody wrong in philly it's a shootout <laughs> but um so but you know, this you know, and that's a story for you guys right there. No one knew that. I haven't yeah. told anybody that, you know? So my question is before <clears throat> so did that rage start to happen because of the head injuries, you think? Or was it something before that? No, like before that, like I was always focused in in it, but it was like, man, my life took such a up and down three sixty and we all have our problems. We all go through it. So I'm not looking for anybody's sympathy card or anything like that. Everybody has their problems. 
You don't know who's got their problems. You could be talking to somebody who's going through the same shit as you. Yeah, man. You know, people so they, are going to hear this that went through. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going you know, to help them. So like, and there's other personal issues which I won't talk about on here. Um, but just all that, like from the head injuries to the, to the breaking up of the family and to the split custody with my daughter and then this and that. And just like so many, so many different things, like learning how to operate on my own again and learning how to like, like, I don't know. It's a, it was a shitty thing, you know? And and it was a life changing experience for me and I was fucking angry and I still am, you know what I'm saying? And, but you just learn how to get through it. And, and I don't know. No, this rage, like... Well, I guess my question like, is, like, before you can... Were you, have you always competed on rage and, and no, anger? Or, no. And then... I was more focused and just concentrated on jujitsu. And then the last two years, all of a sudden, I was just all about just, just fighting on pure emotion. Honestly, that's what right, it was. Right. The last two years or so, since I came back from, from that first tournament back, it was that New York Open, summer New York Open, like last year maybe, not this past July, the one before that. Yeah. Like, look at all my podium pictures. No smile, no nothing. I'm not happy up there. You know, I'm happy I won, of course, you know what I mean? But I'm just up there like no emotion whatsoever. Maybe I smiled on the first one back because it was such a long yeah. road back to right. that one. But ever after that, zero emotion whatsoever and everybody's like why don't you smile you want me man i don't even care on to the next one you know what i'm saying let's go you know and just the the tournament is something just to hey i look forward to that next one let's do it you know is what it is so um and now do you feel like you're getting back to that that the focus the focus honestly yes and i feel like my jujitsu is starting to improve a bit again now because now that i've kind of opened my mind up and i'm kind of letting go a bit of some of that stuff, uh, I'm learning how to like learn some new positions, wanting to open up my game a little more in the tournaments and stuff like that, not being afraid of being in certain positions anymore in the tournaments and stuff. You know, I think it's going to help in the long run. And I don't need to fight angry. That takes energy. Right. It really does. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, I don't know how I got through it. I, I had a nice run, a, a good run, but it was a run on rage. It really was. Like, I don't know. It's different. It was different. Do you, do you think that having a goal is what helped you get through that? Like having that goal for that next tournament is what, and, and having something to, a, even just a small, tiny thing to look forward to in that situation is what got you through that? Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm pretty, I'm a goal-oriented guy a lot of times. And um, when, if I'm not having, like, if I kind of find myself getting lazy in training a little bit, I'll find a tournament a month or two away right. and sign up for it. Be like, now I can't back out. Now I got something to get myself going for, you know? Yeah. The, uh, I mean, which, so, it's funny because I've had a lot of issues in my life, like depression and what, you know, all these things and drug problems and... Uh, growth? Yeah, growth, man. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm still expecting a big growth spurt do, coming pretty do, soon. Do you think the drug stunted your growth? No, but I, I mean, my <laughs> fan, I mean... I don't, nah. I mean, mental and emotional, maybe, but physically, uh, my, my parents are like, my dad is like an inch taller than me and my mother is like an inch shorter than me. They're both hobbits. <laughs> um, but no, like, uh, so, but I didn't eat very much when I was a kid. You know like, what's even I, crazier is your daughter is almost as tall as dude, you. Dude, she's going to be tall, I think. Yeah. Like, it's really, uh, but she eats well. <laughs> uh, I when I was a kid, man, I ate like ring dings and, uh, Cheerios some mac and cheese or something you know i don't know i didn't eat much but i don't know my all my family's short i think 
But uh, jujitsu has helped me a lot with that, and especially like hearing your story and hearing you talk about that, and like going to, like um, our friend Aaron, um, who does the submit the stigma um, seminars. Like we went to one of those in in San Diego after Pans, and it was like. So it was really good. Like her dad had killed himself and, and she was doing these things to raise awareness for mental health. And then they just did one in New York City. And it was like and they had a, it was more like a question and answer in the beginning where there was a lot of people in the room talking about the issues they had. And you hear, you know, that, you know what, like if, if you are depressed or you're guess what? There's a lot of people going through that same thing, you Absolutely. know. It's not you're not alone. You're not alone. Uh, there is a lot of and, and go talk to somebody about it, you know, because it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, you know? because it's it's been a long road. It's been a long road. Yeah, back, back to finding some type of peace and happiness, and and I'm hopefully one day I can find full peace and happiness again. Um, but yeah, I got a lot of demons and 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 issues going on inside, but nothing that's that's stopping me from from doing my job, you know. Yeah. Um, but like you know, students too, like this, my students and stuff like that, they got to remember too that I'm a human also, and not every day I'm gonna be in the best place. And I've been great. I I have. I've been so much better than I used to be back in the day. Like sometimes I have a rough day or two, and I kind of just tend to isolate myself from everybody else, so I'm not taking it out on yeah. anybody. Um, but you know, I gotta, I gotta tend to myself too sometimes. And For there's, sure. there's those times where like, you know, I got to step back a little bit, you know, but I'll find my way. And, and like I said, this is life and I, I got a good group of a support system around me and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but that, that whole episode, there was so much more that went into that whole episode with the head injuries and then the divorce and then everything like that 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 i'll always keep private and yep. stuff like that but like i could write a goddamn book on that <laughs> thing but like um no and, and when you talk about Aaron's situation stuff like that i couldn't even imagine what oh, she went through man. like you know um my heart goes out to her for that and, and you know it, it's it's a sad thing but you know in a sense though yeah. it's like it's helped a lot of people i think you know what i mean like i mean it's a sad situation and it's bad but in another way it's helped tremendous amounts of people yeah you know what i mean like a lot of people have been helped by that i'm sure um it's helped me it's yeah. helped me you know 100 percent. yeah it's just you know shit can get dark sometimes it you can know? get it can dark for everybody yeah you know i've been in the i've been in the dark side yeah. a couple times you for know, sure but it's you know we have we have a good good support system a good crew around us and you know yeah i mean like thing. people like pete right i mean people pete, like pete he yeah. he's good as yep. good a soul as they come yeah he know? is he's yeah um, yeah, <laughs> and I've heard some stuff out of him that's like profound. Well, I, I want to say the last conversation. I mean, you go back and listen to either one of the podcasts we did with him. You know, like <laughs> the things that Pete talked about, talking about you mm. is it, it's kind of changed. I mean, well, I've been uh, teaching jujitsu for almost as long as I've been doing jujitsu. It's actually October second was my nine year anniversary of doing jujitsu. Nice, nice. And I talked to Pete. It was almost it was a year and a half ago now, whatever, and. He changed the way that I think about jujitsu because of the way he talked about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, because of you and the other guys at the academy, you know, it, I mean, you know, 
practically said it stopped him from killing himself. You know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. And you know, vice versa. Right. Like, and I, I was public with this with this before, so this is nothing new. Like, um, I did another podcast before I talked about it and stuff like that. But when I was going through all the head injury stuff, you know, I was honestly like every night I I was uh, I, I I had a, one of my guns on my on my nightstand every night, and I just stare at it every night before I go to sleep because I was thinking like this this feeling is never gonna end. Like if if nobody's experienced like post concussive syndrome stuff like that, and it's a feeling that's very different. Everybody has it, but it was something that was the worst thing ever. Imagine feeling normal your whole life, then all of a sudden one day you're not normal anymore and you're just living in some fog and you don't know what's reality and what's not reality, man, it, it could really mess you up. And if it's not going away weeks, months, five, six months at a time, that'll make you go crazy. Yeah. All right. So there was a time, there was a point where I was like, I was honestly like every night I'm looking at this and I'm like, fuck, should I? Yeah. So finally I called Pete and I'm just like, I'm like, Pete, man, I'm like, I told him what was up. And uh, he came over and he took all the firearms out of my house and locked them in his house until, until I got myself back together. And then my dad knew what was up, you know. But, you know, just my daughter being born at that point already, like, I would think that too. I was like, nah, she needs me. She, you know, my, my daughter needs How me. How old was she? She was maybe just one at the time, not yeah. even one at the time. So it was, she was very young. And um, so Pete definitely, you know, we've all done solids for each other. Right. And it's it goes not, back and yeah, forth. Yeah, it's not a contest. It's just like, this is just what brothers do. You know what I mean? This is what we do for each other. Best friends do for each other. I consider Pete a brother, you know, and I don't use that word lightly. You hear dudes like, what's up, bro? What's up, bro? What's up? It's my brother. No, that's, I don't use that shit lightly. Um, so he did me a solid. He came in, he disarmed me and took all the weapons out of my house and stuff like that when, it, when it, I needed to. Because, man, if, if I had one bad night that I was just like, fuck it going over the top that could have been it could have been lights out and i was in such a bad dark place i honestly didn't care i didn't care man. so he he did a solid there Whew. i'm glad you didn't man because you changed my life you've helped yeah. me a lot you know what i mean for real like uh just yeah. talking to you tonight is how is uh yeah this, you know life gets crazy man like and i don't care who you are i don't care what type of superstar you are i don't care who you are out there everybody goes through some dark shit and if you're fronting like you don't do it, you're full of shit. Right. You know what I mean? Not necessarily killing yourself or doing anything like that, but everybody gets those thoughts, man, when, when they get down in the dumps, whether it be relationships, whether it be work-oriented, whether it be job, whether it be anything, you, you know? People get depressed. This shit's for real. Right. You know, and it changes your whole psyche, you know? So your depression came on because of post-concussion syndrome, and um, there's a lot of that in the media right now talking about that with football and things like that right. and, and it's, the, all that stuff's coming to light they find new stuff about it every day are is how are, are you still dealing with that stuff what are you doing to you know keep yourself healthy and and, I, and things like that i really do and i kind of stopped talking about it so much because I, I think people were kind of sick of hearing about it, to be honest with you especially the ones around me the ones who are closest to me uh, it gets old, especially if you've never experienced it. It gets old hearing about it all the time. Like, oh, shit, I feel messed up today. I don't feel good today. You know what I mean? And it doesn't take much to, to rattle my head anymore. Like, you get a good hit and I can feel it for a day or two or three. You know what I mean? But I, I do know when to back off at this point right. and not try to push through it too much. Um, last night, for instance, remember, you see me at the dinner table and I just had my head down and I was just like head down, like even the weird dim lighting in the room last night and right. the, like the bright light to the dim light to the bright light to the dim light messed me up last night. And I was having a hard time at the dinner table. That's why I was like, man, this is called a night, you right. know? So I still feel, excuse me, I definitely still feel like 
some effects, some stuff like that. And I go uh, to check up still with the at the concussion center and stuff like that. Like, man, like that shit was just it's a never ending battle right there. Right. So honestly, I don't know how these NFL players and hockey players and all these guys. Imagine, let's talk about NFL players for a second. Pee wee football, high school football, college football, NFL. Game day every weekend, practice all week. Imagine the amount of head injuries and concussions and collisions these guys are taking. Tons, man. right? Tons, tons, tons. Constantly. These, no, no. These guys can't feel normal. Right. right. Like I don't even know if they know what normal is anymore, and um, that's scary because these guys won't say anything because that paycheck is yeah. on the line, right. and that's the career and stuff like that. And then, um, like that movie Concussion was, I watched that movie. It actually made me paranoid. I got mad. And shit, that <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my god, I've never you know. Seen it. So I, I have never. Hopefully, I haven't taken the the amount of head injuries that these professional athletes have. You know, um, day after day, weekend after weekend, like two trucks collide every day. But like hockey players, imagine hockey fighters. Remember Derek Bogert? Right. Remember, you know, he was getting punched in the head all the time, and you know depressed OD'd on pills kill himself Bob Probert all those guys like all the best hockey fighters of that time right, right. they're they're dead and right. gone because imagine the the constant brain trauma these guys are taking from bare knuckle punches to the head every night in and night out you yeah, and there's some vicious hits and vicious hits you know too I mean? like yeah. I, I played hockey in high school and and football and whatever like you played, I, you played hockey I did I did yeah. buddy I did I like I got crushed there yeah. was some crushing uh yeah hits look at you I believe it yeah, yeah look at <laughs> me look at me I played hockey too I played goalie I was a goalie in high school and stuff like that and um and through little little guys like peewee hockey and yeah. might might hockey and stuff like that growing up and you get rattled, even as a kid in there. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know how these guys do it, but it, it's unreal. And I, maybe I'm the soft or something like that that I took no, so many. No. And like, But still to this day, man, like my left eye never came back right. I got to wear glasses. I got to do this. I got to do that. But it's Jared, what it I is. I know you're wondering. I didn't take any big hits in the Little League World Series. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just God. glad you brought that up today. Williams, Thank you for that. Yeah, Williams, because it was Pennsylvania. It was a Pennsylvania connection. Yeah, that's right. We've got to give your moment of fame in there. We've got to get you in there. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, you know, I don't know how these guys do it, man. No. Especially the, the fact that in, in football right now, right, these guys are massive, massive huge, huge, and man. they can run faster than I can, mm-hmm. and these guys, and I can run pretty fast. Or why, I could. Is it, why does it always come back to you? Jay? Because it's all about me. <laughs> Whoever <laughs> they can run faster than Aunt, my daughter, and she's really fast. <laughs> uh, she's quick, but uh, these guys, like you know, what's the guy Vince Wilfork? He was huge, and he could, you know, still and he is. still is huge, but he can run like a deer, man. Yeah, it's like can you imagine those guys that big crashing like that. Nah. Um, you know, and I have some friends that play pro ball and stuff like that, and they've told me some stories and how, like, and I, I don't want to say the names over yeah. the thing because I don't want to, um, you know, take take advantage of their story or anything like that or uh, their privacy or anything. But, like, um, my one buddy was telling me, who I'm still pretty close with, how, like, sometimes he'll walk down the hallway in his house and remember, like, the scene from The Shining, how the hallway just gets longer and longer yeah. and longer? That's what he'll feel like. The hallway will just never end, and he'll, like kind of lose where he's at even and stuff like that. And we're talking about a guy who played, you know, uh, on the offensive line for a long, long, long time. Yeah, a lot of head crashing, man. A lot of head crashing. So, like, yeah, he says to this day, like, he, he's not normal. He doesn't feel normal, you know, but does what he can do. Does the best he can do and just get on with his life. So, Pa Law will tell you, it's, your health is your wealth. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your health is your wealth. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I'm kind of, I'm not over talking about it because it, it still lingers and stuff like that, you know, but, you know, I feel like I put the word out in the jujitsu scene a little bit about it. Like, oh, definitely. And then you'd be surprised how many people have come to me since then, send me messages or talk to me at seminars or talk right. to me at, at tournaments like, hey, I experienced the same thing. I'm glad you talked about that and because it made me step back and realize I need to go get checked out. So I'm like, cool, man. Helped you out a little bit. Cool. Right. That's what's up. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like, um, I mean, first of all, I I don't know if George can, but I, I mean, I see a difference in your personality just from the last time you were here. You know what I mean? Like, it definitely seem happier and, and lighter and, and, yeah. and stuff. But let, let me tell you this, which I didn't tell you about last time I was here. The whole entire seminar last time I was here, I, uh, I can barely even remember. I remember the positions we talked because of all the photos that, uh, yeah. that, uh, Donald took yeah. that day. And I was, and I was, uh, looking at all the photos and stuff beforehand of all the positions and stuff like that. But I was so loopy during that last time I was here that I had, everything was in a fog. So like today was, oh, today was clean, man. Today felt good and open and just like nice. fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah Remember that, going down and seeing the river? I do. <laughs> I do. The current, the current that will rip a man in half. Rip a man in two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Piscataqua River, yeah. my friends. But no, I was okay last time I was here, but I was real hazy and real foggy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Misinformation right, might run in the family. I don't know. Like you yeah. should hear the stories Amanda and I tell each other. There's, there's nothing. It's all fable. It's yeah. all fable fable so that's cool i'm glad i seem happier to you this time around now and i'm I gonna mess up my reputation though yeah man. Come on. Every, people people are like jared's intense i'm like well he is but he's also super nice man no nah, like, i am man it's tell me to you know people like i said it's the same thing you guys know me in the real world yeah like you know not just social media or not just walking by me in a tournament you know what i mean you guys know me you guys are my friends like people gotta understand that like that's just my demeanor i don't smile all the time i'm just it is what it is, but I'm not a mean person, man. You come nah, talk man, to me, not hang out. Like, I'm cool. I'll, I'll give you the time of day. I'll give you the shirt off my back, man. Like, Seriously. what do you need? You know, we were we were in Philly and we were leaving to drive home, which is like six hours or whatever it was. And uh, you're like, text me when you get home. Man. Yeah, I want to make yeah. sure you're all right. I was like, these guys, they don't know. They don't know he's a softy. Oh, I think the other thing too is you guys like you're blowing smoke up Jared's ass and fucking trying to ruin his reputation <laughs> i feel like whatever jared does it's with fire oh you know without I mean? a doubt that's you true. compete with fire you know you, you you teach with fire you uh yeah you, you, i mean a lot of people don't because i mean we're you have a you don't have acid dude no nah, i'm all in like but that's you, what I you, do, you know? even a dad with fire dad you know with fire I mean? when i was on the job i was on the job with fire right. i like did i did my thing you know what i mean and um it is that's just my personality right i'm either all in or not in at all you know so you ever gonna do the pictures again bring the pictures back we'll man? see we'll see we're talking about that really yeah, man yeah. I, those were great well the other thing too is if you don't follow hoods versus woods on instagram you're slipping because yeah. that's jared and his brother that's my brother more my brother but I, i'll contribute a little bit in there you right, know what right. i mean but my brother's a, a sick photographer also he does yeah. really good yeah yeah, so we do hoods versus woods. I do the cityscapes, <laughs> and he does the 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 rural, you know. Yeah. So I mean, and that well, and that's a, that an interesting correlation. I think that a lot of people don't like. So you look at someone like you know Chris Howder, who hmm. is you know jujitsu legend yep. in in his own right. I love Howder. Yeah, he's the man. the man. Um, you know, got stories of uh, 
training in the uh you know hicks and horion's garage and having to be called up by higgin be like come over you know this guy starting shit you know fight this guy whatever you know we got we got you who's you know you know we talked about that fire fighting tough guy whatever artists too you know what i mean like he paints the most amazing pictures you know and stuff like that and's always got something creative going on and and you do too you know what i mean we just watch you jam out on the fucking bass for 20 minutes. You We're going to have to practice a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, we got to practice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a little rusty. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I haven't, t- I haven't played a bass since I was a kid, man. But, yeah, man. It's uh, Everybody finds their, their unique talent, their individuality, and, that, that, you know, it's cool, man. Howder's the man. Howder is the man. Howder is the man. I love is. hanging out with him. Like, when we were at, uh, we did a Mission 22 together in Texas, and then the, on the Respect 2 card, I just sat and listened to him talk during lunch, and me and Berto um, were just sitting and listening to him just, just go on and on and on and on and on, and just, just dropping knowledge. Not, dude, he's a smart guy. Yeah, yeah, dropping knowledge. He's and a then, smart uh, guy. Yeah, how he, So we, last time he was here, which was not that long ago, and he came over and we sat down on the chairs and did a podcast, and it mostly became a podcast about Fisher Cats and art. <laughs> but uh, it was like, and I've never really been an artist, but he like made me, th- I've been thinking about art since he left. And like, we went to, we dropped him off in, in Massachusetts and uh, we went to like an art museum the next day. And I've been like thinking about art yeah. and since like we, we got rid of him. That's, that's one thing, you know, I, I love art. I love photography. Um, and a lot of people don't know that about me. I'm like, oh man, I can sit down and look at photography for, for days on end. You know what I mean? I love black and whites, man. Like I'm like a sucker for a good black and white, yeah. you know. And then, uh, you know, that's some stuff I, I you know, I, I I like a lot, you know. It's cool, and I like playing music. I like hardcore music. Yeah, I play. I was in a band too. You guys, you guys know what that? was the name I, of the band? I sang, and it was a hardcore band from Philly called Frontline. Yeah. So I was a singer in that. We're talking. Actually, we're thinking about doing some reunion nice. shows coming up. Do it. Yeah. yeah do no, it. we are. I think we're going to do it. You know. So that would be I know, awesome. I know man. a place you can record an album if you want. Right? Yeah, right. yeah, right. In the, in the, in the yeah. woods of New Hampshire. Yeah, our album was good, man. Our album was good. <laughs> Dude, you had some drum skills. Nah, I got no drum. I was all voice, man. I was. You do that? I thought yeah. I heard some drumming going on. Uh, um, the. Uh, what was your favorite band? What was your favorite band, man? What was my favorite like band? Like hardcore band? Uh, Madball and H2O. H2O. Sick of it all. Yeah. Um, currently, like Wisdom and Chains. Love Wisdom and Chains, Terror. Um, you know, there's a lot of good bands out right now. But yeah, Madball's still doing it big. And uh, I love Wisdom and Chains. <laughs> a lot of those guys train jujitsu too. Nice. Right? So. They just went to a thing for one of the guys from Madball, right? Yeah, yeah. My boy Hoya. Shout out to Hoya, bass player from Madball. And um, doing it big on his uh, his t shirt, his t shirts and hats, the Casa de Rock. All right. Um, shout out to Casa de Rock. Yeah. Um, he uh he helped put on a uh a benefit uh we called it the black and blue roll in new york city it was at josh griffith school um and also um we helped donate all the proceeds to that to uh my buddy john joseph who's legendary his name is blood Clyde. he's a singer of the chromax right. all right he's a good friend of mine um he he does like all Ironmans and all this stuff like that he had a young kid who he was running for and working for who, who was battling cancer as well so the the kid was at the the benefit and everything. Awesome. So we donated all the proceeds to the child and his family and stuff like that to help with nice. the with the cancer with the tumors and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so even the hardcore scene got right. together with the jujitsu scene right there because we all have so because it, it it all like kind of just blends together, you know. 
And my boy Joe from Wisdom and Chains, the singer of Wisdom Chains, he's a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, and we, we were just training together recently. So a lot of guys train jiu-jitsu in the scene, man. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I think it's funny, but like the whole like Josh Griffiths thing too, and like and and Steve Roberto and all, like how did all of that like I feel like there's like this weird like I don't even like a weird group of black belts mm. that all have some kind of connection like you know what I mean like like between like it's all guys I heard about when Kenny was still around and well, I was training with Kenny all the time you well, know well me and Josh go we go way back too from like because Josh has been around for a while and then um he see when we originally started like the tack team training Thursday afternoon crew me JT and Jay Hayes and all has made that name up tack team Thursday afternoon crew uh. all right so all of us would get together when those guys lived in North Jersey they'd come down to Philly and train and then Josh Griffiths came from New York City with those guys my boy Jojo up in New York would come down so we all just had guys coming from all over the place coming to train so that's how like all those guys get together me and Berto me and Steve who's the owner of Purebred Jiu-Jitsu in Guam. Shout out to my squad in Guam right there and the Folkai, the Folkai family over there. And um, me and Bert were on the same team for a while. You know what I mean? And then we, we all kind of went and did our own thing. And me and Bert stayed very close. And then, um, you know, we're still on the team together now. So, you know. So did you meet him in America? Who, Berto? The yeah. first time I actually met Berto and Roman from Guam was in Brazil, believe it or not. Huh. Just random, yeah. And because uh, Fowler was with those guys, because yeah. he was living in Guam, and then um, we all just met then, and we've been boys ever since. Right. Yeah. That's a fresh photo. What? Uh, what? So what? What do you got going on now, man? You're doing a lot of seminars. Doing seminars. Um, just you know, just working seminars, training, teaching, still competing. I got a. Uh, I got a match coming up next. What was that? The twenty second, two weeks. Yep. Two weeks at the Tap Out Cancer Tournament. Nice. Oh, in or Philly. Tap Cancer. They're doing one in Philly, and then um, I got a match coming up there. The the promoter John Thomas. Yep. Cool dude yeah, that I've awesome. been uh, coordinating with. Uh, he set up a, a match, so that should be fun awesome. to kind of fight in the hometown a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. They come up here to Boston yeah. and do like a that's a that's a great so like fundraiser. Yeah, so I'm stoked to help with the fundraiser, get the, a big team out there and compete and stuff for a great cause. And then after that, I have the Brew Jitsu event um, in Minnesota. Nice. Uh, the Fulton Brewery up there. All right, um, they're having like a, a jujitsu, a night of jujitsu uh, matches inside the brewery. What? <laughs> yeah. So they set up mats and everything inside the brewery. They're having a Mission Twenty Two seminar during the day. All right, and then jujitsu matches at night, and there's sick dudes on that card. Like Hanato Tavares is on that card, uh, Yamaso's on that card, yep. Anthony Mitchell's on that card, Bryant's on that card. Like so many good guys. Uh, um, Brian Marvine's on that card. Really? So it's like all the the masters, senior show year old guys are like out there fighting against everybody from Minnesota. You know what I mean? So it's like a Minnesota versus the world thing. So everybody has an opponent from Minnesota. That's awesome. So yeah, it's pretty cool. And after that, I think do uh, maybe the New York Pro. Yep. And then, you know, no stress. You know, I'm not going to stress myself out of tournaments right now. I got nothing to prove. It's only to myself at this point, trying to learn new things and, and just better myself, you know? If people want to, I mean, so just a little plug for uh, for Jared. Um, if you, I mean, he single-handedly upped 
the skill level. It's true, man. In I, our in I, our academy, you know, um, it changed the, the whole game. Changed every like you came. Yeah, the and last time, and you could see it happening yeah. this time too. You know, people like understanding the way jujitsu is supposed to feel and, and stuff like that. I think that's a, that's a, a big huge thing. You know, take a um, private with Jared, man. I've taken two private lessons with Jared, and but totally but that, worth it. And so, so if you have the opportunity to to get Jared in an academy and take a seminar with him, you know, you definitely. Ne- I would suggest do it. it. Do it. You know, whatever. So it, go train ha- in his academy. So yeah, do stop it. by his academy. Um, that's one thing that's all also cool about Jared is if there's a, a an event going on at your academy, it's always it doesn't matter where you're from, who you are, who you train with, what team you're on, whatever. Coming and train, you know. And uh, how do people get a hold of you if they want to do a seminar? Um, you can hit me up on Facebook. Right now, my Facebook account is active. Sometimes <laughs> I'll go off the grid a little bit and just get away from the social media <laughs> for a month or two at a time. But right now, I'm active and, and strong. Um, <laughs> so you can just hit find my name on Facebook, friend request. I try my best to get, to get it all in there. And then um, Instagram, BJJ underscore United. You can follow us on Instagram. Check us out. I actually put up positions and stuff on there too. That's huge. Yeah, not just photos and stuff. So we'll do photos, student profiles, and some video positions in there. Um, and you can shoot me an email also at bjjunitedmma at gmail.com. All right. That's my direct email. You get in touch with me right away through that and I'll get back to you as quick as possible. So you can hit me up through there too. You know, stop by my school, BJJ United, 428 Old York Road, Jenkintown, PA, 19046. Drop in anytime. Everybody's welcome. Open house. You know, come train. You'll enjoy it. I've met people at your academy training with them that I, I'm friends with now that uh, are all good people, man. All good yeah, people. For sure. For sure. Great all place. The, yeah, all those guys. I mean, friends with all those guys on Facebook, you know, and it's always, you know, conversing positive stuff, you know. And and Pete making uh, poor pictures of Lobster today. You see that? Yeah, one? what? Man, he's into that thing right now. I never would have guessed Pete was any good at Photoshop. But I think he, he yeah, he's doing. I don't, he put up something about glamour shots. Hey, Googling yeah, yeah. your name with poor, the glamour. Poor, poor lobster. What's man. going on? What's down going there? on there? I don't know. He's got too much time on his hands. Yeah. <laughs> he's a mess. He should have been here. He, he should have came up. I did let him know. We talked about his head size, though. <laughs> I, I did let him know because he's got a melon on him over here. This guy. This it's the biggest <laughs> head I ever seen. This thing. It's actually got like moons. Hey, it's got its own gravitational pull. Orbit, orbiting. Hey, so one thing that we need to address before uh, we it. wrap this up is is John. The term John. What do you mean John? Like J A W N. Oh, John. Yeah, for it, for it, the listeners, listen. If J- you go to Philly, a John is anything. It's anything. You know what I mean? This water, yo, check this John out. Good looking woman, check out that John. It's just the way how the you geek, carry it, too. John. Like, how you doing? Or, hey, how you doing? How you doing? You know, New York, oh. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Or the, oh, or, oh, or, oh. You know, it's, oh, man, check it. Okay, what am I talking about, George? You tell me. Oof, check out that, John. <laughs> what is that? What am I talking about? It's got to be a lady. A lady, there you go. <laughs> my, my wife. wife. Yeah, yeah. Talking about my wife. All right. So, how about this? It's cool, this? man. Check out that, this? John. That's my John over there. Exactly. Okay. That's my John, dude. Ready, ready? How about this? I cause I'm from New Hampshire. Hold on, hold on. Man. We're not done. We're not done. I'm working on this. All right, ready? What am I what am I talking about now? Oh man, it's really hot in here. This John, this John's making me hot. Yeah, this the sweatshirt. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, that John had a good sound when I was playing it over yeah. there. What am yeah, I talking that about? That bass. That bass was sweet. There you so go. Picking it up. Wicked good bass. Yo, that new show year old John I was rocking today. It's yeah. my gee. 
Laruka. A John is anything. John is like wicked no, in New no. England. John. 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 J-A-W-N. John. Because you're saying John. 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 Yeah, that's a New England John. 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 Yeah. So if, if for anything else, go to BJJ United, hit, hit Jared up, get the tips on the John. Or how you doing? <laughs> how you doing, oh, John? How you doing? Oh, how you doing? <laughs> that's the John, right? That's the John, Yo, dude. This John, John. this John we're doing right now is, is going to be a good podcast. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? Yeah. This is the John. This is the John. No, no. It's John. The, yeah, yeah. This is the John. Yeah. This John's no, the John, Stop. Dude. Stop. stop. Yeah, you killed you kill, you kill, you kill, you it. You killed it. All right, so check it out. Shout outs. Shout yeah, outs. Yeah, so before, right. before we wrap this up, right. say what you need to say. All right. First off, Derek, thanks. George, thanks. I love you, man. Yeah, no yeah love you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Um, want to say thanks uh, Tortuga Soap Company, yeah. George's company, George and Amanda's company. They uh, they take care of me really well. Um, been uh, great to me, and yeah, I always represent. Us, I, yeah, represent them all the time. Uh, show your roll. All right, uh, show your roll has been my geese sponsor forever and I'm indebted to those guys. And I'm always representing show your roll. It's the uh, John. That's they're the best. Gee John's out there. Ah! Um, Stop. Stop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Foci Industries. All right. Check it out. Foci. I've been on Foci forever as well. Um, Foci Industries, Roman and Foci, Purebred Family. All those guys. Uh, Pitchfork Hardware. Um, Pitchfork's been a closed sponsor of mine forever also. Pitchfork New York Hardware, representing hip-hop, hardcore, metal. All right. Um, what else? Casa de Rock. Uh, Nostafians. Uh... Mission 22, mm. We Defy Foundation, my boy Joey down there, they're doing a great thing. Um, my academy is a, is a We Defy sponsored academy um, that we have veterans that come in and uh, if, they have, uh, if they're injured in combat or PTSD or anything like that, they can um, apply for the we, at the We Defy Foundation and We Defy will sponsor their tuition to train at the academy to take care of the veterans That's to awesome. keep them on the mat. So BJJ United is, is uh, one of those guys. Monkey Tape. Monkey tape, keeping my fingers laced up real okay. nice and tight because uh, I got old man fingers and they hurt all the time. Monkey tape is bringing the youth back to my fingers. Um, what else? Duke's Barber Company, Glenside Tattoo. What else? Uh, mm. I think I think we're I think I think we uh, we we hit the nail on the head right there, right? Yeah. Anything I got to say at this point is just totally. But yeah, you know, it's at Port City worthless. BJJ. Hey, check out Port City BJJ. I'm up here in New Hampshire. Yeah, that's my squad up here. Port City BJJ. Um, you know, that's that's my home up here. So uh, if you're up in this area, make sure you check them out. The great squad. That's that's my family up here. Um, and awesome, man. You guys are the best. Thank you for having me. I love coming up here. I had fun talking with you guys. We we kept the topics all over the place. This was happy, sad, deep, fun. <laughs> All the Johns, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> this this John yeah. is over, baby. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this Thanks. John's over. Peace. Thanks, Jared. See you. You got it. Later. Peace.